Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 232 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our study of Helaman, Chapters 1-6. to This is in August the 17th to August 23rd and today we're continuing our study of Pride Separates Me from the Spirit and, and Strength of the Lord. So, we reached the end of our chapter two and many problems that the, uh, the Nephites had to deal with. And in chapter three, all begins to seem to be quite good. Uh, in verse one, however, it does say, And now it came to pass in the forty and third year of the reign of the judges, there was no contention among the people of Nephi, save it were a little pride which was in the church, which had caused some little dissensions among the people, which affairs were settled in the ending of the forty and third year. So here there is clearly... Uh, some issues again of pride, but that pride is removed. And what happens next is a wonderful period of the Nephite history. Um, however, it, it's like a roller coaster, and we see here um, that you know things move rather quickly in this chapter. If you miss out a few verses, it's very easy to miss a whole issue. So in the 40 and 4th year, there was no contention and no contention in the 40 and 5th year. Then the 40 and 6th year, it says there was much contention and many dissensions in the which there were, there were an exceedingly great many who departed out of the land of Zarahemla and went forth onto the land northward to inherit the land. Now, um, we don't really know, you know, who, what the character was of the people that moved to the land northward. Uh, we don't know if they were righteous. We don't know if they were prideful. We don't know if they were righteous, then prideful, or were were prideful, then righteous. Um, it just says that a group of people, because of these dissensions, moved northward. What we do know is that um, many of the people of Ammon, who were Lamanites by birth, went into the land northward. And so I guess we can try and maybe assume that these people were righteous because, you know, we've only really heard wonderful things about the people of Ammon so far, their willingness to lay down their weapons of war, um, the, the sons of the armies of Helaman, some of whom are probably still in this group at this time, um, who um, battled and had the faith, uh, the great faith to lay down their lives in, in battle. Um, so, you know, we, we don't really know. But what is very interesting is how, you know, we've we spent a good number of chapters in Alma dealing with a number of you know, a small number of years, and then within this one chapter, we're going through quite a number of years at quite a quick pace, and in, to the point where in verse fourteen it says, "But behold, a hundredth part of the proceedings of this people, yea, the account of the Lamanites and of the Nephites and of their wars and contentions and, and dissensions and their preaching and their prophecies," um, and he continues on and says, "And all manner of." abominations and whoredoms cannot be contained in this work. Um, Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett said this, quote, Mormon interjects the comments that many records have been kept concerning specifically these people who migrated northward and the Nephite nation generally. The doctrinal significance of these verses consists not so much in their informing the reader of the many historical records that deal with virtually every aspect of Nephite culture, as in their reminding us that the primary purpose of the Book of Mormon is not one of history. Mormon's statement is that his record or abridgment does not contain a hundredth part of all the history. He is not apologising, but is again stating that his objective and his charge as an abridger and record keeper is of a spiritual and not a secular nature. Close quote. So it's a good reminder uh, about why we have this book. Uh, so um, 
he talks about the records being kept, and then he returns to his account of what he had spoken about. And there was still great contention in the land, so we see this destruction and suffering happening after the pride starting to rise again amongst the people. But then in verse 20, Helaman um, is said to have been uh, filling the judgment seat with justice and equity. And this is Helaman, the son of Helaman. And it's interesting as well, uh, just a quick note, that the book of Helaman starts with Helaman II um, and his kind of leadership, this spiritual leadership of the people. Um, and I suppose that was done really to help us distinguish which Helaman is which. This is not the Helaman who had, who led the stripling warriors into battle, but this is his son. So, um, yeah, so, that, so that's going well. And then he has two sons called Nephi and Lehi, and they begin to grow up unto the Lord. And at this stage, the contentions begin to cease and there is great peace. Um, and we see this, you know, right, this prosperity start to come again. Um, in fact, we read, but we read in verse 23, something that still is a bit of a problem. It says, and it came to pass in the 49th year of the reign of the judges, there was continual peace established in the land, all save it were the secret combinations which Gadianta the robber had established in the more settled parts of the land, which at that time were not known unto those who were at the head of the government. Therefore, they were not destroyed out of the land. Now, this is this teaches us a lot, a number of principles, I think. Um, firstly, that, you know, we have to be very careful Obviously, we're talking about secret combinations of a nation here, but when, when I'm also likening this to us, you know, parts of us that need to be changed, parts of us that are bringing us down in the spirit, um, we need to be uprooting these practices and removing them and eradicating them from our lives and not just having them, you know, in the corners of our life put to one side, but then perhaps, you know, will they will rise again. Um and this is something which causes great issue for the Nephites because they don't even know it's there. That's the thing. The heads of the government don't even know that these combinations are still present in the land. And it's only when it's too late, when they start to resurface again, that things become, you know, beyond beyond hope. Um, and so it's important that we need to root things out from our lives, not just push them to one side. Um, and then uh, in verse 24, despite this, we see the great prosperity that starts to come. It says, and it came to pass that in the same year there was exceedingly great prosperity in the church, insomuch that there were thousands who did join themselves unto the church and were baptized unto repentance. So we see that you know there is this great prosperity uh, that the that the Nephites are enjoying. Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millet said this quote, Frequently, the first reaction to the word prosperity in the Book of Mormon is the concept of temporal blessings or the good things of the earth. Undoubtedly, such prosperity can be linked to some degree with righteousness. The context of this prosperity, however, makes it clearly spiritual in nature and linked to the blessings of the church membership resulting from faithfulness. It is important that we not think of prosperity only in terms of material gain, close quote. And that's a, a great lesson for our lives. You know, in this pride cycle, we are able to identify where we are prospering, not just because maybe things are going financially okay, but we're talking of prospering because sometimes maybe we might not be prospering in, in material things and we, and we might wonder, well, are we receiving those blessings? Are we truly doing what we need to? But we need to look at our spiritual prosperity as well uh, and how that is working in our, in our lives. And then that will help us to have an indication of you know whether we are prospering or not. Um so yeah, we see here that uh, there is a great 
peace. And in verse 31, it says a continual rejoicing uh, in the land. And then uh, in verse 33, uh, we start to see the pride cycle begin again, moving from righteousness and prosperity back toward pride and wickedness. In verse 33, it says, and in the 51st year of the reign of the judges, there was peace also, save it were the pride which began to enter into the church, not into the church of God, but into the hearts of the people who professed to belong to the church. Um, and I, lo- I like that because uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it points out that it isn't the church itself. You know, the church is a perfect organization, but it definitely has imperfect people in it. And so it's these people that bring the pride into uh, into the church who or who belong to the church that um, have pride. Uh, and it also identifies again another example in this record in this Book of Mormon, where we have Mo- where we have Mormon etching and writing and abridging these records, and he has written which uh, pride which began to enter into the church. He writes that and then realizes, oh, that's not really what I meant. But of course, it's difficult on metal plates to really go over and change what you've written. So instead of changing what he's written, he adds an extra bit of information to clarify what he meant, which is not into the church of God, but into the hearts of the people who professed to belong to the church of God. Uh, And I think that that is a a wonderful, another little um, evidence and example of the record's true uh, historic nature. So uh, we are going to stop there uh, in chapter three, just because I want to focus in on some key details of chapter three about sanctifying our hearts and yielding our hearts to God um, later in the week when we come to that section. So we'll move on tomorrow to chapter four and, and, and later to continue to look at this pride cycle happening repeatedly through the Nephites during this time. I suppose we see it more clearly because, as I mentioned in the study, we seem to hit fast forward on the years that we cover uh, during this, and perhaps if in the in Alma in the war chapters we weren't we didn't have so many chapters in a condensed period of time, um, then we would see that pride cycle happening more rapidly, like we are now as well. Um, and it is something that which we need to be aware of in our lives. Thank you for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please uh, share, review, subscribe to the podcast. Your reviews will be most appreciated uh, because they make all the difference uh, for me. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you join us on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, where there's always something to uh, read and study there. And I'd love you for you to share your thoughts on what you've been studying as well. And you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for your time today. And until we meet again. <laughs>